0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you do, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. In this week's message with Tom Hughes, we see Daniel's vision of the time of the end explained by the angel Gabriel. Let's get started. The things that are coming, Daniel chapter 8, we'll finish Daniel chapter 8 tonight, and we have some things in the news to help us know that the things that are coming that the Bible tells us about, man, they could be coming at any time. So with that, I just want you to know that apparently Russia is still meddling in the elections. Anybody see that? All right. So uh, let's go. So Intel officials say Russia is boosting Trump candidacy. I mean, you're looking at this going. Here we go again. Didn't we just get through all this stuff? Okay, But just in case Trump doesn't win the election, Bernie Sanders, he is also being promoted by Russia. So I'm looking at this, I'm going, this is just complete insanity. These people have lost their minds. They're driving this. The way I read this is because the political candidates of one political party are not winning, they've got to make sure that everybody knows it's Russia's fault again, whether whether Trump or Trump. Bernie Sanders comes out ahead, I'm thinking, man, Adam Schiff is something else (laughs) And these people. I wasn't going to get political at all tonight, but I'm looking at this going, I mean, this is just absurd. This this is really absurd, and I wonder how long the American people as a whole will put up with this stuff. Apparently, there's a collective bunch that loves it and believes it. But I've seen the people voting for Bernie Sanders. I don't think his people will put up with it. (laughs) Then they might get really mad. Start start something. Start a riot. Isn't that what they keep saying? We're going to riot? Okay, so uh, let's move on from there. We'll be hearing a lot more about the Russia meddling in the election as we get closer to November, and then after the election in November. And I'm sure we'll start another impeachment process. And just joy, joy, joy. So uh, here's with... uh, Coronavirus internet shutdown begins in Wuhan, China, to stop the spread of truth and hide the severity of the outbreak from the world. So, the coronavirus—I um, don't real—you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm not a, a, a biology guy. You know, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't know what's going on with this thing. I don't know if it's going to become as bad as some reports are saying, or if it's already that bad or if things are exaggerated. I really don't know uh, what is going on with it, but then you look at this. This is from Rapture Ready today, just a few headlines. Um, 180 Israeli students quarantined after coronavirus exposure. Millions of Chinese firms face collapse if banks don't act fast. Uh, It's affecting uh, the economy in China. Uh, Then the last one here says coronavirus. Italy imposes strict lockdown in outbreak hot spots. And the more you look into it, the more these spots are happening. Oh, but I really, well, honestly, I don't know if it's a fear and people are being driven by the fear. I know that in Luke chapter 21, Jesus says, from the fear and expectation of things coming upon the planet, uh, people will have heart attacks. Their hearts will fail them from the fear. So whether or not the things are coming or it's just being afraid of them, people are definitely freaking out over this. But it could be as severe as some of the reports are saying, which would make it a very bad, uh, a very bad thing. Um, Ultimately, Revelation chapter 6, there is a pandemic that's coming, a pestilence, and it is going to be absolutely devastating. It will be the things that uh, some are afraid of right now with the coronavirus. Um, And then this locust invasion is still happening in Africa. How many of you have been reading about that? <clears throat> it's absolutely devastating. There's nothing left. Kenyan mothers' fields are stripped by locust swarm. Uh, I think I quoted an article last week. In thirty seconds, these locusts are devouring farms. Thirty seconds. There are literally billions and billions and billions of these locusts. And uh, last I saw, uh, they were making their way towards China. But I, but you look at these things and you go, man, um, pretty unbelievable. As we watch these things that are taking place. Then there's this, convention of Christian witches to gather in Salem on Easter Sunday. Okay, here's what I do know. The increase of uh, demonic um, uh, spiritual forces during the last days also. Sorcery is what the Bible calls it. Um, Sorcery applies to drugs and also applies to witchcraft. And uh, so you see this. I would expect more and more of this. I I look at what's going on in our politics, and I'm thinking there's demons everywhere there. And there's this. Israel to build high-speed train from airport directly to footsteps of Temple Mount. Um, So they've got this high-speed rail now, but they're going to build it all the way to the footsteps of Temple Mount. I'm thinking if you've been to Israel, probably by the Dung Gate it will be over in that area because that's the closest access from the outside into the inside. Uh, of the Temple Mount area, the Western Wall. But the purpose of this, from what I understand, is really to get Jews to be able to go to the Temple Mount area to be able to worship when they build the temple. And uh, let me tell you, that temple is going to get here. Uh, It's it's coming. Um, Also, I think I mentioned this before, there is a plan to build a monorail around uh, the old city of Jerusalem. Have I talked about that here before? Oh, I have? I have and I haven't. I have, I have, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I have. It, I have, it, I have. <laughs> so some of you were here, some of you weren't paying attention. Some of you <clears throat> we'll save for another time. I had asked David Tal, I, I had heard of, uh, of this from a gentleman who's a spokesperson for the city of David, er, uh, uh, Orenstein uh, is what I believe his name is, if I remember correctly. And he was talking about this monorail around Jerusalem, the old city. I asked David Tal when he was here a few weeks ago. Is that actually in the works? He said, it actually is in the works. They're going to build this monorail. If you've been to, uh, how many have been to Israel within the last year? Last year? And Ron and a couple others. So uh, you remember how crowded it was. <laughs> it was crowded. And uh, it's like every time I go there, I'm going again in not-too-distant future. And it's so crowded. What used to take uh, 10 minutes in a bus is now a two-and-a-half, three-hour bus trip. You can walk way faster than taking the bus. It's not all over Israel like that. Don't get me wrong. But it's right there at the old city where you have, uh, you're have you going from the city of David, the Temple Mount area. You're going up to the Zion Gate. Uh, you're down there near the Via Della Rosa. Uh, it, it's a, it, for those of you who've been to Israel before, it's, it's that area. It's a, it's a small area at, um, uh, up to Caiaphas' house and where Peter denied the Lord and the rooster crowed. That whole area is something else, and it is not a long distance. And uh, you can walk it way faster. The problem is walking it, you're walking like this. So a lot of people are saying, I don't want to walk that. And they'll sit on the bus forever. But so building a monorail system to get the people around. Asked David, he said, this monorail system is going to be great. And I said, I think it'll be great until more and more people come. Then the monorail system is full, and it gets jammed up. Actually, I'm hoping Jesus just comes back before all this stuff happens. Amen. And some good news, Tim Tebow, I'd rather be known for saving babies than winning Super Bowls. I thought thought some good news would be appropriate, so there you go. It's great to have people uh, out there. What I find fascinating is in the NFL, how many people proclaim the name of, of Jesus in the NFL? And it's great watching the live big games because there's all people that say, oh, I, I, I did this for the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And, and you hear these things constantly coming out of the NFL or uh, former NFL players or Tim Tebow's case, not quite made it to, uh, the, to, to the Super Bowl. Uh, but you look at this, you go, praise the Lord that God is raising up people and they are claiming the name of Jesus. And then he goes to say something like this which you know that's going to get pushback from uh, the media here in America. Um, I think this is the last thing before we get to Daniel. Nope, two more. A scientist at MIT um, creating an artificial intelligence gravitational keyhole solution to prevent the judgments mentioned in Revelation from <laughs> destroying the earth. <laughs> so, all right, there's more to this article than just the title, right? I'm going to come back to this title at the very end. It's somewhat... It's 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 interesting. I love the picture, too, stopping revelation, you know. (laughs) That's just great. Um, But we're going to get back to it at the very end, because this is where we're going in Daniel chapter 8. The judgments are going to come, the events that God tells us about, they are coming, and they're coming in the last days, Daniel has told it. Daniel is so shaken about what he hears, he is afraid of what he hears as his... uh, uh, the vision he is given is interpreted by uh, the angel, but with all of that, last thing israel 's top rabbi i 'm currently in discussions with the messiah himself so so yeah so i well actually, I am too every day, I pray to jesus and, uh, and, yeah, and I have his word, and so do you. so in that sense, but what 's happening is there's this this fever in a sense like a spiritual fever that's going on and there's all kinds of people not just people in a group like this where you're enjoy bible prophecy and you need it and you know it and you believe it and you can see what the word tells us about jesus coming soon Uh, you you talk to people who are islamic you talk to people who are jewish especially uh, uh, of the um, conservative jews they're going man something's going on The Messiah is coming, uh, something's happening. And you look at this, and then we look at the Bible, and you say, you better believe it. So the world, even the world that doesn't have any religious affiliation whatsoever, believes something is happening. With that, um, a little bit more perspective for us, okay? I've already gone over time. Is that okay? Almost. I don't think I'm going to get through anything tonight. All right. This is what happens when I just start rambling. You ready? So Damon Duck said, he gave some, he, I love these articles, he releases them every Sunday. Um, he, he wrote several different things. One, concerning plagues and famine, uh, the, the, uh, the locust plague that I just showed you a few minutes ago. Concerning plagues and famine, on February 10th, the UN warned that the size and number of locust plagues in Africa is unprecedented and, if unchecked, could put about 2 billion people at risk of famine. Now, that fits with Revelation chapter 6, the, the, the disaster and the famine that is coming. Two, concerning an economic collapse, uh, President Trump said that the U.S. national debt and, budgets are deficit, and budget deficits are a threat to America's prosperity. He proposed a $4.6 trillion in cuts over the next 10 years, uh, but Congress, brought, I don't know if they'll go along with it. Um, Three, concerning a falling away in persecution, a black pastor was recently invited to offer a prayer before the Virginia House of Delegates. He warned that the wrath of God will fall on people that pass laws to abort babies. Several members of the House delegates turned their back on the pastor and walked out. Um, four, still along the line of falling away in persecution, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association signed contracts for Franklin Graham to preach a seven UK cities. Now you heard about some of this, right? However, um, people started calling him a, fr- uh, a hate preacher and all seven of the contracts were canceled. All seven. We don't want to hear the gospel. That's hate preaching. Number five, concerning the coronavirus, pray for the people of China. Um, the number of cases and death is soaring. The fear suffering and hardship are unimaginable. There are predictions that this will get much worse and possibly go global. Again, I don't know. You know, I'm just reading all these different reports. Number six, most of the things, uh, wine, grain, olive oil, etc., that were used or offered at the temple had to be grown, prepared, or whatever in a special way. Some lambs, this is fascinating to me with the temple, some lambs were the firstborn, some grain was the first fruit of the harvest, etc. There are certain ways things had to be prepared and grown. Um, the Passover lamb was roasted on a stick from a pomegranate tree. The wood had to be from a tree that was at least five years old, etc. So all these different rules on how, the, how everything had to be used within the temple for sacrifices. Five years ago, knowing that they would need different kinds of wood for burning sacrifices that a rebuilt temple the Jewish Sanhedrin started growing the different kind of trees that are needed to provide acceptable wood for the sacrifices. That's five years ago. These trees need to be five years old. They have been growing pomegranate trees, cedar trees, date palm trees, olive trees, cinnamon trees, and on down the list. Also on February 10, it was reported that the trees the Sanhedrin set out five years ago can now be used at the rebuilt temple. I mean, you look at everything that's just going this way. I don't know how a Christian can read their Bible and not think something's going on. Even if you don't read your Bible, people are thinking something's going on, and I don't like it. But you read your Bible, you say something's going on, and I believe Jesus is coming soon. Last, concerning the tracking of all buying and selling, on February 13th, SpaceX announced, that's Elon Musk's company, announced that it would launch a rocket to put 60 satellites in orbit, Over the weekend, I'm I'm assuming the weekend of February 15th and 16th, last weekend. This will make 300 satellites that SpaceX has in orbit. The company has approval to put 12,000 more in orbit and is seeking permission to add 30,000 to that. It probably won't be long until people will have the ability to track all businesses and to see the bodies of the two witnesses lying in the streets of Jerusalem. Look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws near. And you look at these things, and you start putting all of these things into context. And then I look at what Daniel chapter 8 says where we are tonight. Remember where we've been if you've been with us. Daniel had a vision, and in his vision, remember what he saw? He saw the the, uh, ram, and he saw a goat. He saw the Medo-Persian Empire. Then he saw uh, the Greek Empire. He saw the horn of the goat that represented Alexander the Great. And then after that, Alexander the Great was dead. Four generals arose in this place. And then after that came one specific general that, that was over the area of Jerusalem and the Jews, Antiochus Epiphanes. And we found out last time that Antiochus Epiphanes, he's the one that uh, desecrated the, sem- uh, the, uh, the, the abomination of desolation in the temple sacrificed a pig on the, in the temple and spread its blood and its juices all around the temple, which caused the Jews to rise up in revolt, the Maccabean Revolt, which led to Hanukkah with the oil lighting the candles for, so the temple could be purified so the Jews could worship there again, and Antiochus died. But we also found out when we left off last time that all of that pointed to, all of the things with Antiochus Epiphanes and the Jews, pointed to the Antichrist who was coming, and all of the destruction that was going to be coming on this world. So with that in mind, a few things we're going to see. One of them is Daniel seeks the meaning to the vision that he had, the vision I just explained to you if you weren't here uh, before. Daniel chapter 8, beginning in verse 15, the Bible says, And then it happened, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me, One having the appearance of a man, Uh, some say this is Jesus having the appearance of a man, could be an angel. Uh, And I heard a man's voice uh, between the banks of the Ulai who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So you have a man who appears before Daniel. You have the angel Gabriel, this man says, Gabriel, tell him what's coming. Tell him what's going down. I believe it's quite likely that it was Jesus who told Gabriel, tell Daniel the meaning of his vision. So, he came near where I stood. Gabriel came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep, and my face to the ground. But he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For the, at the appointed time, the end shall be. Well, last time we talked about it, that uh, you have a, a dual fulfillment of prophecy. I just mentioned it again. Antiochus Epiphanes was the immediate fulfillment of the prophecies that Daniel saw, or the first fulfillment of the prophecies that Daniel saw, with the desecration, the abomination of desolation that happened to the temple. But ultimately, the dual fulfillment was, all of this points to the final fulfillment, the Antichrist who was going to come. In a, in a very real sense, this is a lesson on history repeats itself. If you want to make mistakes don't study history, right? If you study history, you can learn from history so that you don't make that mistake again as an individual or as a country. With that, I want you to think through this. No matter what side of the political divide you are on, all right, this has Republicans bothered, it has most Democrats bothered. However, socialism is a problem, and it's, it's, it's rocking many people in America right now. Again, I want you to think of this. History repeats itself, right? So Bernie Sanders' path has echoes of Trump's 2016 campaign, uh, war on the establishment. Remember Trump was saying that? He was saying this about Bernie Sanders. Eviscerates conventional wisdom. That would be Trump too, also, right? But coming from a whole different perspective. Undocumented immigrants helped Bernie Wynn in Nevada. Uh, most left-wing presidential candidate ever. Um, Seattle campaign headquarters vandalized. Mayor Pete warns that Bernie is toxic. <laughs> Claims results plagued with heirs. Uh Carville, uh, many of you recognize him if you've paid attention to the news for the last 20 or 30 years. He was always a Democratic stag- uh, uh, strategist. Carville says... Those who think Bernie can beat Trump are stupid. <laughs> MSNBC meltdown. Chris Matthews faces calls for resignation after comparing Bernie's victory to Nazi invasion. You know, so you hear this. So the Democrats are going, we've, we've got a huge problem. Repu- Most normal people are thinking if this gets I- into America, we have an enormous problem here in America. And then this on the front page of Drudge, it's the Socialist Democrats now. They have uh, hijacked the party. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The Democratic Party that you see today is not the Democratic Party of decades ago. It's a whole different thing. Many of you have probably been registered as Democrats and you've looked at it over the years you're wondering what on earth is going on? Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. Socialism will not work. It has never worked, it's never going to work, Socialism destroys. Who's going to pay for all the free stuff? The tax dollars are going to run out. Who's going to pay for it? You know, you look at these things. This is how socialism works. At the top are the elites who are taking advantage of everybody else, and at the bottom is everybody else who is going to be poor and stepped on and miserable, and you're, you're going to lose everything. There's going to be bread lines and the whole bit. How do I know? History repeats itself. It's happened that way every single time. You know what the definition of insanity is? Yeah, you guys know. Do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It is not going to have a different result. It's going to go the same direction. But here's the thing I also know, that ultimately... This is the direction that the world is going to be when the Antichrist is in control. He's got to have complete control over the masses of the people. It's going to be the biggest government that the world has ever uh, experienced before. But the world has to be prepared for a leader like that. So when I look at the elections and I look at what the people are saying and the direction everything is going, to me it makes sense because I know what the Bible says. The world, the people, must be prepared for it. Back to Daniel History repeats itself, too. There was Antiochus Epiphanes, a type of Antichrist, and then the Antichrist, the real Antichrist, is still coming. And he is going to end up in power. History repeats itself. We learn from here that there is an end time. Verse 17 says, the time of the end. What is this vision for? Daniel wanted to know. It's uh, it's for the time of the end. Typically, when we hear this, it refers to the times of the Great Tribulation and the generation that is alive when Jesus comes back to earth and defeats the Antichrist and all of his followers. And that is also what it's referring to here. Some say that this only refers to the events that took place up to and including 70 AD when Jerusalem was destroyed by Rome, but that is not the case. That's impossible. Gabriel tells Daniel this refers to the time of the end. The end has not yet happened. If it did, we wouldn't be here. At least we wouldn't be here like this. It would be a whole different world. You wouldn't have to go home with a bunch of debt. You wouldn't have the tax collector coming. We wouldn't have this voting stuff going on that we're looking at. Jesus would be ruling and reigning, and it would be awesome. But that hasn't happened yet. This refers to the time of the end. It was the time of the end. The Antichrist would be in the lake of fire. And we would be with the Lord. And we would be enjoying a wedding feast and all kinds of stuff. But we're living in Hemet. And we ain't there yet. <laughs> so this can. I like Hemet. I do. You look like you want to box me about Hemet. <laughs> I really do. I tell people all the time, they say, I don't want to move. It's a beautiful area. And I look, I see the mountains and and the sunrise over, Mount Sands. It's beautiful coming down Lambs Canyon and seeing it. It is really a beautiful valley. But man has messed it up. Man has messed up this world. And I cannot wait until Jesus comes. And it's going to be awesome. But I look and I think, man, praise the Lord. But right now, this world's got trouble. But the end is coming. So, there is an end time, and there is an appointed time. Verse 19, the appointed time. What does that mean? There is a time coming for the culmination of the world events to take place exactly how God said they will, and exactly when God says they will. There is an appointed time. God keeps His appointments. Think of this, in the Bible, there's an appointed time for us to die. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed for men to die once, and after that, face the judgment. By the way, this flies in the face of reincarnation. You die once, and that's it, right? Um, There's an appointed time for Jesus to be born. When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, Galatians chapter 4. There's the appointed place for Jesus to be born, Micah chapter 5, Bethlehem. There's the appointed time for Jesus to die. John chapter 10, I lay down my life that I, may take, uh, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. My time has not yet come, he said in John chapter 7. However, in John chapter 12, he said the hour has come. John chapter 12, verse 27, for this purpose, I came to this hour. Sorry, I misspelled the came up there. That's, uh, that's, that, that's, that's my bad. Um, but you get it, right? Makes sense? There are appointments. There's an appointed time for Antichrist to come. That's chapter 8, verse 19, where we just read. And there's an appointed time for Jesus to come again. Matthew chapter 24, immediately after the tribulation of those days. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And that is great news. And then heaven's going to really be awesome. <laughs> number one, Daniel seeks the meaning of the vision. Number Daniel. Number two, Daniel sees the master of Intrigue, Verse 20, The ram which you saw, again, so Gabriel is taking Daniel back to your vision. The ram which you saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. We've already covered that, right? Media Persian Empire. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that was between its eyes was the first king. That was Alexander the Great. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, Four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power, all right? So that went all the way through the Greek Empire, the four generals, everything we've already talked about, Antiochus Epiphany arises in the whole bit. Verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes, His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule. And he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without human means." and the vision of the evenings and mornings which was told is true, therefore seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. It is coming, you can take it to the bank, it's going to go down exactly as the Bible says. Again, the first fulfillment of the prophecy is Antiochus Epiphanes, which we focused a lot on already, the final and ultimate fulfillment of all this prophecy is the Antichrist. So with this in mind, ultimately this is about the Antichrist. A, uh, we find out when Antichrist gets his kingdom. Verse 23 says, when uh, transgressions have reached their fullness. Uh, Revelation chapter 17 uh, seems to speak to this, when transgressions will reach their fullness. The woman, Mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17 says, was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. The Antichrist will arrive on the scene when corruption is at an all-time high, when restraints are lifted and everything is speeding in the direction of evil. I look at this world today and it looks like everything is speeding in the direction of evil, doesn't it? Uh, It's like no matter what seems right, people are saying, no, all this weird and perverted stuff is right. And if you say anything against the weird and perverted stuff, you're wrong. You're a hater. You're a problem. You're the evil one. And uh, listen, that's the world that we live in right now. Um, I want you to think of this. Check this out. In the book of Revelation... The book of Revelation says this about, uh, I just quoted the one verse with the, the filthiness of her fornication. Um, on her uh, forehead, I'm going to read a few verses from chapter 17 18 of Revelation. Uh, on her forehead, the, the uh, woman who rides the beast, the great harlot religious system of the last days. On her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Revelation chapter 18 talks about the fall of Babylon the Great. Uh, John says... Uh, that he sees this angel, cries with a loud voice, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard her vo- another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her justice she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she mix, has mixed, mixed double for her. In the measure that she glorified her And live luxuriously in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and I am no widow, and will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day death, and mourning, and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord who judges her. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and live luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great great city Babylon, has fallen for in one hour, your judgment has come, and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore, merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon and incense, and fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies and souls of men. That is crazy. This just goes right on through this list and says this is what has happened to this world where everything is done for filthiness, things that could be used for good are used for bad to the point where the bodies and souls of people are sold. And I will tell you this. I, I, I went to the border last Monday and I, I was, got to do a tour. It was an all-day tour. We went behind the scenes. We are down in the San Ysidro area. In fact, I'm going to talk about it on my YouTube this week, so I'm not going to get into it much right now. But I look, and and what I saw, and what I heard, was devastating. Over 99% of the people trying to get across the border just want to work, just want to have a job, uh, it's going back and forth for school, that kind of thing, going both ways. Just, you know, it's families, it's that kind of stuff. But there's a very small percentage of very bad people. And uh, there's, there's... uh, human smuggling that goes on. Uh, something like 70 percent of all the drugs that come into America come through that border right down there in Tijuana. That is crazy. And you look at that, and you look at the drug epidemic that we have, and the cartel that we got to deal with. And this is this is unbelievable. The stuff. you yeah, I didn't. I, I got tours through all kinds of bathrooms. I, I saw. I never saw a single person in a cage. You know that? What I did see, I'll tell you what I, what I found out, is now uh, what the current Border Patrol policy is and administration does, and when somebody comes to the border, they want to get into America, they're given a court date, and the, they've worked out a deal with the Mexican government where they can stay in Mexico until it's their time to appear in court. In San Diego, they go to the border, they get a ride to the court in San Diego for their court date, and they get taken back to wait. And I said, I, don't, I didn't see anybody in cages. What I saw is a problem with the sex trafficking and the human smuggling. And these people, families in Mexico, pay all kinds of money to get a child across the border or somebody across the border. Or a family in America pays to get somebody across the border to America, whatever it is. But the person comes across, 10000 $12,000, whatever it is. You want to know what happens to them? If it's that kind of thing, they get stuck in a house somewhere. And then they're told, well, unless your family pays more money, well, you can work this off. Well, guess how you're working it off? You know, you start looking at this. This is the reality of what's happening. And they can't, tra- they, they can't catch the, the people because these young people, when they're getting smuggled across, 12, 13, 14, 16 years old, whatever it is, they're told you're going to have work. So when they, they, don't know what, they don't know they're getting into sex trafficking. They're told they're going to get a job. So when they meet the person who interrogates them at the border, yes, I have a job when I get to America. It's going to be great. They have no idea what's really in store for them. And you look at these problems and you realize, man, this is is a nightmare situation. But this is what Revelation chapter 18 says. There will be that time when even the bodies and souls of men are going to be sold, bought and sold. And, and, and slavery is still going on in the world. Not just that kind of stuff that we see that's coming across uh, the border in, uh, from Mexico. But you look at that and you think, man, there's bad news out there. There's very bad people out there. And the Lord says, listen, the transgressions are going to be full. Daniel, Daniel's told in his vision, transgression is going to be full. And at that time, the Antichrist is coming and judgment is coming upon this planet. Man, crazy stuff. So we have when Antichrist gets his kingdom, and then we have what Antichrist is like. Verse 23 of Daniel says that he will have fierce feature. Fierce means harsh and strong and and just brutal, vehement. Um, Antiochus was that way, but the Antichrist will be even much more that way. Just willing to just completely do the worst things to people just to kill them and destroy them. Um, He, verse 23 also says, he understands sinister schemes. What does that mean? Sinister comes from this word that means tricks or dark riddles or dark things. Uh, his speech, the antichrist speech, will be smooth and enticing. Most everyone will be fooled by him, so much so that when speaking of false prophets and false Christs in general, Jesus warned in Mark chapter 13, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand." how much more deceiving the Antichrist is going to be when he has the false prophet at his side. As the book of Revelation tells us, that is going to happen. He's going to be able to work all kinds of miracles. But he's going to understand uh, sinister schemes, tricks, dark riddles, dark things. How dark will those things be? Uh, What will Antichrist do, we also find out. He will have power that is mighty, but is not his own power. Uh, Revelation tells us that um, the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority. So he will have power, but it will not be his own power. He will destroy fearfully, verse 24. In John chapter 10, Jesus talks of himself that he came to give life and give it abundantly, but Satan has come to kill and steal and destroy, and that is what Satan's man, the Antichrist, is also going to do. His destructiveness will be so universal that the (coughs) the world will reel under his power. Also, he will prosper and thrive, verse 24. He will destroy the mighty, verse 24. He will destroy the holy people, simple. He will be very successful, so much so that it will appear that he wins and God loses. It's going to appear that he is the Messiah, and this is wrong. That is why there's going to be so much deception. I believe that that deception is already um, beginning, and I look at what's going on, and I think, man, he's going to be able to destroy the holy people. That's what the Bible teaches. In fact, he'll destroy the Jews and all those who come to faith in Christ, during the tribulation period, it was granted to him, Revelation tells us, to make war against the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, we're also told here in Daniel uh, chapter 8, verse 25, that he will be cunning. This is also said of Satan in, uh, in the Garden of Eden. Remember that? When he entices Eve, he's cunning. Uh, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast. A different Hebrew word is used in Genesis than used here in Daniel chapter 8 for cunning, but the meaning in the text is the same. It means crafty. And in fact, in Daniel's text, Daniel chapter 8, it even implies fraud and intelligence. He'll be extremely intelligent, again, with dark insights and answers to men's problems. As it was with Satan, it will also be with Satan's boy, the Antichrist. He'll be cunning. He will cause deceit to prosper. Uh, verse 25. At the time uh, when the transgression is full, the antichrist will walk into our world and have all of the right answers. The antichrist will have the answers to our economic woes, and the world will be in a position to uh, will will be in a position to do anything to get their wallets and bank accounts in order and to make sure that all is good. They're going to be willing to vote him into power if there was going to be a voting system for him, which there won't be. Uh, he's going to be given his power by the ten other kings of Revelation chapter 17. But the world's going to be going, this guy is fantastic, man, everything's going the right direction. Listen, we live in a world that is broken. We live in a world that is split pretty much 50-50 across the planet on the different views. And we live in a world that after the rapture takes place, I'll tell you this much right now, for all the garbage that we see going on, whether it be the political stuff or the sinful stuff, that stuff, can you imagine how fast that is going to flood in? After the rapture takes place? Oh man, it's going to be crazy how fast it's going to happen. Our world is set up for this person. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So all this deception, power, and lying wonders... All this deception. Why? Because they wouldn't receive the love of the truth. They reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the ultimate rejection, God says, he continues, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned, did not not believe the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Man, our world is so set up for this. What else? He exalts himself and rises against the prince of princes, verse 25, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Second um, Thessalonians chapter 2 also teaches that the man of sin, the son of perdition, opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And that text also is another proof text, that that temple will be built in Jerusalem. Listen, I look for that temple in Jerusalem, or, or the, 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 the uh, climate, I would say, to build the temple, not because I want to see the Antichrist here, but I know that these signs all point to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again, and these are telltale signs. He will destroy many in prosperity, or by prosperity. Uh, King James, in verse 25 um, King James, let me see what this says here, he will destroy many in their prosperity. A New King James, King James Bible says, by peace he shall destroy many. Um, what is that? Well, peace or prosperity, it comes from this Hebrew word that means a quietness, abundance, or prosperity. So many equate this to the ability of the Antichrist to promise peace and to bring about uh, or at least promise prosperity imagine the economy collapsing and all of a sudden this guy comes along who understands dark sayings and dark things And he's saying man. I got all the answers. I know how to fix this thing. I can do it It's gonna be okay. Uh, you got foreclosed on all your homes I'm gonna give you better homes now this is gonna go good He's got all these lime wonders going on around him too, working out all these miraculous things And then he comes up with peace deals right now. We have this peace deal, right? ultimately the ultimate peace deal out of all the peace deals that go on in the world, and will continue to go on in the world, is the peace for Jerusalem. You know that, don't you? When you look at, listen, you should know this if you've been coming here for a while. When you look at Bible prophecy, all of it centers on Jerusalem, the city, the nation of Israel, and the Jewish people. All of it does. That's the key focus, right? Right? Everything goes out from there, whether it's Russia with the Gog-Magog invasion, or Persia, Iran, or Turkey, or um, the global empire that is coming, and the rise of Antichrist out of a revived Roman Empire. Ultimately, the focus is always on Jerusalem. So, we know this, that uh, in Daniel chapter 9, the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant of peace. With many, it's going to be a covenant regarding the city of Jerusalem, and you look at Trump, and I am not saying Trump is the Antichrist, all right? But I'm also gonna tell you he's not the Messiah. You know, some Christians have a hard time with that. Donald President Donald Trump is the president of the United States. He's not the Messiah, all right? But but I look at this, he's a deal maker. He's a he's a real estate guy, he's a deal maker, and that piece of property in Jerusalem where the Temple Mount is. That's the biggest deal in the world, spiritually, uh, regarding the enemy of our souls, Satan, because he doesn't want Jesus coming back there. But the Bible also tells us that Jerusalem will be divided. And also, in Joel, Joel chapter 3 tells us that that, any nation that divides Jerusalem will be judged by God. So I look at this stuff and I go, man, I kind of hope this peace plan doesn't work out. Because we could have problems. But ultimately, there is a peace plan that is coming, and the Antichrist is the one that's going to bring it about. Ultimately, the Antichrist will be broken, but not by human means. When Antiochus Epiphanes, the type of Antichrist, remember the dual fulfillment? When Antiochus Epiphanes died, he died of a disease that consumed him from the inside out. God pronounced his death, and God sent his army of little bacteria to make him miserable and then kill him. As his flesh rotted away, the stench became so great that Antiochus couldn't even stand being around himself. But it wasn't human memes that killed Antiochus. It was God who killed Antiochus. But when it comes to the Antichrist, again, it's not going to be human memes, and it's not going to be disease. You want to know what it's going to be? Jesus Christ is going to take him out. Check this out. You can turn over there with me if you want to. You don't have to, but I'm going to read it. This is the end of the Antichrist. It's not by human means. No man is going to take out the Antichrist. Jesus is, Revelation chapter 19 says this John writing, I saw heaven open and a bull, uh, uh, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Woo, that's me and you. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And then I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse against his army, and the beast was captured. that be the Antichrist. And with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived with his dark things. He deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two are cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with fire, uh, fire burning with brimstone. That is the end of him. Daniel wrote, his, his, his end is coming. He's going to be broken, but not with human. Means at the culmination of time as we know it, the armies of Antichrist will fight in battle array against Christ. Christ will lay a hold of him and the false prophet, cast him into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. He will come literally to a blazing end. But as Chuck Swindoll writes, not with electric chair, or gas chamber, or any of man's special forces will take him out. Not by human means, but Jesus will take him out. Last verse. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 27, And I, Daniel, I fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I rose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, and no one understood it. Last thing, Daniel is sick from the things he sees that are coming to the earth. Man, he didn't understand it. He's told to seal it up. Daniel's told elsewhere to seal up his visions. They're for the last days. Here he's told it again. And Daniel's going, man, what is coming on this earth, it is not going to be good. There's a man of lawlessness that's coming. And, and, and you know what? People who go to church don't even believe this. Listen, we have the Bible. We have, uh, in this generation, we do have the understanding. We have the book of Revelation. Which unseals the understanding. And we live in a generation as no other generation before, where all the prophecies and events and even technology, along with the countries lining up, every single thing is falling into place, along with the current uh, financial concerns and the pursuits of a global world and a global world leader. It's all happening right now. Yesterday, I was in El Central and I taught at a, a prophecy conference on Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. And I gave 10 signs on why we know Russia will invade Israel. And, and I was there, I said, I could have come up with way more than just 10 signs. But for the sake of time, I just stuck with 10 signs. Listen, all these things are happening. They're all culminating right now. And Jesus tells us we need to look up uh, it, because his redemption draws near And likewise, in Isaiah chapter 46, God says, My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. Indeed, I have spoken it. I also will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. This is what's coming. So back to this. Saw this in the very beginning. I said it would come up at the very end. Scientists at MIT creating an artificial intelligence gravitational keyhole solution to prevent the judgments mentioned in Revelation from destroying the earth. You won't be able to stop them, right? God says, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen exactly as he says he's going to do it. But I want to read this, because it starts to make more sense when you read this. The title's a little bit deceiving. writes this. This is very, very tiny. I have to pull this up here. Pull off my glasses. (laughs) The crux of the decision comes down to something called a gravitational keyhole, a point in space where an asteroid's orbital path would have it pass into Earth's gravitational field and gradually circle its way down to the planet's surface. I'm interested in preventing keyhole passage well before Earth impact. It's talking about an asteroid hitting the Earth, right? That's what's going on here. It is like a preemptive strike with less mess. But then the author of this article writes this, God's judgment on this world in Revelation cannot be stopped. No amount of good deeds or prayer will stop an iota of it, but you can do something about it. You can miss it completely by getting saved right now. That is, that is how you avoid everything we just read tonight. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer.